Welcome to Fuck Your Disorder. My name is Amanda Hess. I am a certified life coach. And when I decided to ditch my disorder and love myself instead, I finally started enjoying my life. It turns out love fixes a lot more problems than hate. You can't hate yourself better because the truth is you are already perfect. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, we are going to talk about deciding what you want to believe about you. It's an important topic because I have found in my own life and in my clients' lives that a lot of the things that we believe about ourselves aren't beliefs that we would actively want to choose. And yet, Even though the beliefs that we have are painful and hard for us, we find it very challenging, if not for some of us impossible, to believe something different. So where I see this really start to come up for people is when there's something that they don't like about themselves and they don't question that dislike. So I find body image is a great place to start just because it's been my experience that I have yet to meet somebody who doesn't, to a certain extent, really struggle with their body image. Now, that can be their whole body and their appearance in general. And then sometimes it can just be reserved for certain pieces of themselves and how they look. But what I will say is that we have, as a society, been really raised to be critical of ourselves. And with women in particular, we have been raised to be critical of our appearance. So when we are looking at our bodies, when we are looking at our appearance, we are always measuring up to a standard. We have a standard that we measure our worth against. And that worth sometimes looks like our appearance and sometimes looks like our personality and sometimes looks at how much money we make or the relationships that we have or the house that we live in or the way that our kids are, right? There's just a number of ways that we decide whether or not we measure up. And then for those of us that are that are neurodivergent, those of us that really have something about our personality or our brain that we've identified as being potentially different from the rest of the world, that's another piece of this as well. And I was getting coached myself today. I had hired a life coach to really work on just life coaching because I could see where I was struggling, where I was having a hard time uncovering the beliefs that were keeping me from experiencing my life the way that I wanted to experience it. And when we were coaching today, I was reflecting to my coach that when it comes to my body image, I've become quite skilled at coaching myself through it. And it's something that I'm really aware of. And it's something that I can really dig into when I consciously decide what I want to believe. And one of the beliefs that is has been really life-changing for me and a belief that I would like to offer to you as my listener is that I will no longer reject myself. And I notice in my own life where I reject myself. And it is not something that I consciously do. And it's not something you consciously do either. Okay. 
when we're rejecting ourselves, it generally comes from a lot of different places. It comes from the social construct within which we live, right? So, you know, some people would call it the patriarchy. You might find that word to be triggering and something you don't really identify with. So if you don't want to call it that, you don't have to, okay? I think that the word itself is very charged. And I personally find actually solace in the word. It means something to me when I label it as the patriarchy because it gives me the opportunity to see it as something that isn't me. That belief system, that belief construct, that's not me. That is something that is outside of me, but that definitely influences me, right? Definitely has an impact on me, definitely creates an emotional experience for me. And a lot of what that is are beliefs that I have that I haven't necessarily checked with myself. I haven't necessarily sat down and gone, do you know, do I really want to believe this? Is this something that I want to continue believing for the rest of my life? Is this creating the life that I want to be living? And what I think is so powerful is that when you start sitting down and looking at that, you can start to realize, actually, no, it isn't. So when we talk about body image, I love using it because it's accessible for most of us to see it, right? So there is how society as a whole has decided how women should look. They should be a certain size. They should be a certain weight. They should be a certain shape. They should have smooth bodies, no cellulite, no bumps, no fat, right? Women should be lean and strong, but still curvy. And now you need to be skinny, but you need a big ass, right? That's something that's really big right now is how big is your booty, right? And just noticing how our culture drives that. It drives this um, belief that we should look like that. And what's really fascinating now is that we're going full circle back to the 90s when it comes to fashion, which I mean is obviously something I actually personally love because I was a teenager and a young adult in the 90s. So a lot of my formative years were spent there. But at that time, it was very, very popular to be very, very thin. Like Kate Moss was the vibe, right? Everybody in that time period wanted to be waif-like thin. That was the look. And we never questioned it. And, you know, when I look back, I think about how I look, right? What my body looks like and what my body looked like way back then, say in like 1994, when I graduated from high school. And I was never a big girl from the standpoint of I was never considered to be overweight or obese. And even if you are, it's interesting that it matters so fucking much, right? Because I look back at that time and I was always telling myself that I was too big. I was always looking in the mirror thinking I need to be smaller. And I would see friends of mine that got more male attention because they were smaller than me. And really noticing how that very much 
solidified my belief that the only way that I was going to be really acceptable is that if men liked how I looked. And that then if men liked how I looked, how I was having to do that was to be smaller. And I just, I bring that up, not because maybe that is your experience, maybe it isn't. I think it is a lot of people's experience. But I notice now looking back, this hustle, this drive, this desire in me to be more attractive. And I do think to a certain extent, it's a primal urge, right? It's a primal urge to be attractive. If you look in nature, I mean, it's just, it's an experience that's everywhere. The only thing that's super fascinating about that is that it's always the men being attracted to the women in nature. Like the male bird is the prettier bird, right? The one with the prettier colors, the flashier, the one that puts on a performance. But in our culture as human beings, it's actually the woman that is really making the performance. And as I am sitting here full on in middle age, what I will say is that there's certain things that I've decided I want to believe. And I want to believe that I don't need to perform for anybody. That that's actually not required. That actually, I'm not going to fucking perform for you. That's not happening here. So I'm just going to be me. That's what I've decided. I've decided to believe that I get to be me. And it's really fascinating because the more that I step into that version of myself, the more that I step into that belief, the better my life gets because the people that are in it are in alignment with that version of me. And then when I'm also experiencing myself, there is a stillness and a peace that lives there, that doesn't live there when I'm chasing my worth. And I don't know that anybody sits around their kitchen thinking, I'm chasing my worth today. I don't think you even know what that fucking means, okay? I I know what it means because I know how it feels in my body. And I know what it means because I've lived in this world for long enough to understand it. But for you, that might just seem very existential, like not really something that makes any sense to you. And so how I want to explain it is that what you believe about you is going to frame how you are able to show up to your life. And I think that sometimes what we think is, I just need to love myself and I can't. And so therefore, there's something wrong. And that's just really not true because I don't ever think of loving myself as being an absolute from the standpoint of it's not something that looks the same every day. It's not something that looks the same in any moment. It's always different. You know, even if I apply it, I hope I didn't tell you this before, but even if I apply it to when I'm teaching a spin class, there's one stretch that we do that's called bike pigeon. You take your foot up in front of you on the handlebars of the bike, and then you can come up and you can come forward and you can really sink into that stretch. And it's an excellent stretch for your glute and for your hip. Okay. But when you go to do that exercise, like some days I go to do that exercise, especially if I've been skating, because skating really tightens up my joints, I won't be able to get into that stretch. My body just says no. And then other times my body is completely able to do it. I'm just able to sink right into it and it feels amazing. And it varies from day to day. I mean, sometimes I teach spin in the morning and again in the evening 
And so it will be different in the morning than it was in the evening. And it just depends. It depends if I've been hiking that day because that tightens up my hip flexors. It depends if I've worked out my legs. It depends on how much I've been sitting. It depends on how much water I've drank. It depends on how much movement I've had that day. All of those things have an impact. So when it comes to accepting yourself, loving yourself, being there for yourself, it's going to change from day to day and moment to moment based on what's going on. You know, a lot of times in coaching, I think that people speak in absolutes and I just don't believe in absolutes. I don't think it's a real thing. That's just not being a human being. Your muscles and joints don't work the same every day. So why would your brain work the same every day? Why would your emotional experience be the same every day? It won't be. I promise you, it's always going to be different. So when you're looking at yourself and you're looking at the results that are being created and you're looking at the emotional experience that you're having, I want you to really look at the full story of what's happening for you in any given moment and on any given day. Now, when I say that, what I don't mean is that you sit down and you start journaling on all the things that have gone wrong, okay? That's going to put your brain in a place where you are going to be falling off of the emotional edge more than likely, right? What I mean instead is is really noticing, really having an awareness of some of the things that come up for you. So when I talk about body image, most of us have what I would put in air quotes as problem areas, right? Things about our body that we just don't like, things about our body that we notice as being maybe not the standard. And so then what we do is we hyper-focus on those areas. So I'll give you an example, okay? Let's say for me, and we won't say let's say because this is just the truth, I've always struggled with how my arms look. So I've always had big arms, I guess. That's a thought. But the truth is, is that if you were to look at a fit model, okay, and if you don't know what a fit model is, a fit model is a model that is perfectly proportioned in a certain size that a retailer, a clothing designer, will decide to make their clothes for. Generally, you're looking at, say, like maybe a size six or a size eight depending on the brand, could be smaller, okay? And they take that fit model and they build all of their clothes to fit that fit model. So everything is designed for this person to be perfectly proportioned, okay? And this person is. And then they expand or shrink down the size in proportion to that fit. Hopefully that makes sense. So when you go to buy a shirt, let's say, When I go to buy a shirt, right? And my arms in proportion to my body are bigger than the fit models in proportion to her body. What happens is I go to put on a shirt that's a, you know, sleeved shirt, or maybe it's got cap sleeves. And because my bicep is bigger than hers in proportion, the shirt doesn't fit. Okay. The shirt doesn't fit me. It's too tight. And so what we tend to do when that starts happening, is rather than looking at the process and going, it's kind of messed up because the truth is most people are not fully proportionate, okay? It's actually a unicorn body to have a proportionate, a perfectly proportionate body. That's a unicorn body. It doesn't actually really exist. 
it's more likely that you are going to be disproportionate, especially as a woman, I might just add. So what happens is that then when you go shopping and you buy clothes, you are going to find that it's difficult for you to have something that's fitted through the arm. So for me, it's like jackets, blazers, shirts that don't have any stretch. Noticing that that for me means that I need to be careful what I buy. However, back in the day, and even now, what gets offered to me by my brain is you have something wrong with you. Your arms are too big and that is a problem and you need to fix it. And so cue going on crazy weight loss diets, cue like, I don't think anybody does this anymore, but like this targeted approach to toning, which I think we've all determined is total craziness and not the truth, right? But back in the 90s, it was true. Back in the 90s, we talked about this a lot. And so what ends up happening is you end up trying to turn yourself inside out because you think there's something wrong with you because your arms are too big. So when you look at a photo, you're hyper vigilant on that photo looking for your arms. You're like, oh my God, do my arms look big? So maybe for you, it's does my butt look big? Do my thighs look big? Do my calves look big? Right? Like, do I have two chins in that photo? I understand. When we do that, I think it's so important to look at what do I want to believe? So what I mean by that is that when you are considering a shirt not fitting, let's say, you're going to want to look at that and ask yourself, what do I want to believe right now? Do I want to believe that there's something wrong with me? Or do I want to believe there's something wrong with a company using a fit model and not having you know, any kind of additional sizing to account for a large percentage of women that have the same body type as me? Do you see what I'm saying? When we start looking at it in that way, we can start to have our own back, right? We can start to really be there for ourselves. And what I think is challenging about that is that there are going to be people that disagree with you. And not to mention, you're going to have all your friends and family and colleagues and all the other people in your ear still buzzing about what's wrong with them. So there has to be an awareness. That's where we start is having an awareness for the fact that there are beliefs, systemic beliefs that everybody believes in our culture that you might want to consider not believing anymore. <laughs> okay. So when it comes to body image, I think it's fascinating if you would do a deep dive into what women looked like a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, and you start seeing what the shape looks like. What do women look like after childbirth? What do women look like when they go through middle age? And what you will start to see is that women are naturally meant to be rounder. Now, listen, if you're naturally thin and you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, but I'm super skinny. I also want you to consider that there were women like you back then too. And we get to decide that how we look is good or we get to decide that it doesn't. And so when I say to you, I am no longer willing to reject myself, I could actually start crying saying that to you right now. That's how deeply I feel it. Because when I say that, I'm not saying it in anger of me. 
I'm saying it in love of me. I am saying it with deep, profound caring and love for myself. Because when we reject ourselves, we are hustling for our worth. We are allowing other people to dictate whether or not we like ourselves. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous to use other people's thoughts about us as our fuel for our own self-worth. It puts us in a place of being really deeply anxious. It puts us in a place of doing things we don't want to be doing, pleasing people we don't want to be pleasing, saying yes when we want to say no. So when you start really looking at, I'm no longer going to reject myself, it opens the door to what would it look like to approve of myself? What would I be thinking about my body if I approved of my body? I bet you that's a question you've never answered. And it's worthwhile answering. Because when you start thinking about what would be the benefit of believing that I look great, that I'm sexy, that I'm beautiful, that I'm amazing, that I look incredible, what is the upside and what is the downside? And a lot of times what people will tell me is the downside is that, oh my God, I'll gain more weight and I'll get more fat and I will get even worse and da 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 da, right? But it's been my experience that the opposite is true. When do we binge? When do we eat like shit? When do we stop moving our body? We do those things when we feel badly about ourselves, when we're ashamed, when we feel guilty, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel frustrated, when we feel resentful, when we feel pissed off. That's when we do those things. So actually, not rejecting yourself gives you space to ask, What nourishes my body right now? What nourishes my soul? What allows me to go out and do things that feel good just because they feel good? Okay? Now, when we move this along, when we extrapolate this out of body image and move into our whole self, that can feel very overwhelming. But I want you to maybe just take a second and think about what is it that's so wrong with you? And don't block yourself. Let it come out. Let it come through. What is it that's so untenable? What is it that's so awful about how you are? What is the thing that is making your life a problem right now about you? And I know that you're going to come up with a list, okay? Usually looks something like, I'm too emotional. I'm too sensitive. I don't plan. I don't hold myself accountable. I'm too reactive. I don't get enough done. I'm not organized enough. You tell me I'm not responsible enough. Those are all things that come from my brain. And I've heard reflected back to me in multiple coaching sessions. And so those are the things that we believe based on all the things that have happened in our life, based on our culture, based on our parents based on our schooling experience, based on the trauma that we've incurred, all of these things impact that. And those are the things that we believe that we don't necessarily want to believe on purpose. So the question that I often ask my clients when they're really struggling with this is, what do you want to believe? And it's a hard question to answer. 
a lot of my clients really struggle with coming up with an answer because they don't really know. (laughs) Because they don't actually think that it's okay to believe that how they are is actually totally fine. That you don't need to be perfect all the time. That it's completely great that you're not organized all the time, that we don't need to make you more organized or make you a different version of you or make you more productive or hold you more accountable. Instead, we're just going to work with the brain you got. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to reject that part of you. We're going to bring it in closer. We're going to be like, fuck yes, this is how it is. I like to move. I like to be on the fly. I don't like to read all the instructions. I don't like to do all of that. I want to be able to skim it and get the general guise of what I'm doing here and then just go. Is that you? That's me. So if that's who I am, I don't need to turn myself into the Marie Kondo of my life because that's never going to work for me. You could have a home organizer come in, organize all your shit, and I guarantee you in a year it's going to look the same as it looks right now. (laughs) Unless you're like super organized and you love that, okay? Instead of thinking that you need to be different, you want to look at what do I want to believe about me? So for myself, I want to believe that no matter how my body looks, no matter what I weigh, I look beautiful. I want to believe that because that is really supportive of the life that I want to be living. It also allows me to tap into my sexuality. It also allows me to wear what I want to wear with confidence. It allows me to not be obsessing about how my body looks when I go out, not be obsessing looking at pictures like, oh my God, delete that one. I look like shit. It allows me to think about things that matter and that is just not one of them, right? And then when you think about how you can apply that to the rest of your life, you get to really sit down and go, What do I want to believe about how I handle my emotions? I want to believe that it's okay to have the emotions that I'm having. I want to believe that it's fine that sometimes I react to my emotions. I want to believe that how I am is completely acceptable and I get to work with myself, not against myself. And the way that I do that is by embracing myself and not rejecting myself. So when you're really looking at yourself and the experience that you have with you, whether you have a diagnosed disorder, whether you have, you know, BPD, OCD, anxious, like GAD, right? Regardless of whatever it might be, ADHD, like, or something undiagnosed, but ultimately this experience of I'm too much or I'm not enough or a combination of both. When you can start not placing judgment on who and how you are. You can start working with you. And you can start seeing yourself as this very whole version, not this, I need to be fixed. I need to be better. I need to be smarter. I need to be faster. I need to be, I need to be, I need to be. But instead, I'm going to just look at where I'm at today and I'm definitely not going to reject myself. So when I see that something has happened, when I see that I've had a reaction that I don't like, when I see that I'm getting a result that I don't like, I am not going to reject myself. And for me, what that really looks like is is looking at it like you're looking at your toddler, 
Okay. So think about a little two-year-old, right? Two-year-olds are adorable until they're not. (laughs) They are all emotion out front, right? That's what a toddler is, all emotion out front. They don't regulate at all. Every emotion they experience, they experience on the outside. And how do you handle a toddler? Well, I think that we've all been triggered and not handled it well, yelled, punished, been punitive. But the truth is that the best way to handle a toddler is to acknowledge them, see them, and then just be firm with them and be like, that's totally not what we're going to do. And then we do what we are going to do. And when we're dealing with our own brain, we want to be the same. We want to acknowledge it. We want to appreciate it. We want to love it. Be like, I love you. You're adorable. But that's definitely not what we're doing today. <laughs> so when it comes to I won't reject myself, it's, it's not anger. It's not anger that I use for that. It's love. And so if you've never really experienced the emotion of love in this way, I want to invite you to do it. If you just place your hand on your heart and you take a deep breath in and a deep breath out, and if you're not driving or like walking, if you can close your eyes, and I want you to think about somebody that you love, somebody that you love deeply, or maybe something, okay? Maybe it's a pet. Just think about that person. Think about how much you love them and then drop into your body. And I want you to look for where do I feel that emotion? For me, I feel it in my chest. I also feel it kind of upwards in my throat. Feels very light. It feels very warm. The color is sort of like an orange. It moves gently. It's almost fluttery, the feeling. And it just feels like peace. So I invite you to find what love feels like in your body. Find that love. And then aim that love at yourself. And so when you say to yourself, I will not reject myself. Experience that in your body. Notice how that feels like home. That is the place that you want to go. So before we leave this episode, I would love for you to commit to no longer rejecting yourself. And if you want my help with that, that is when you book a strategy call with me, okay? Because what I will say is that it has taken me years to get to this point. I. I've worked on and off with coaches for three plus years, five years approximately, and invested a lot of time and a lot of money. And what I will say is that every time I have a go around at this, I get to get closer to where I want to be. And the acceptance of myself is based on not rejecting myself. And being able to tap into love, being able to drop into my body and experience that feeling and use it as the fuel for what I do next, that is a skill. That is a skill that I teach all of my clients. It is the one thing, if there was one thing 
that I'd have you learn, it's this. Because it's the one thing that you will always have at your disposal once you know how to do it and it changes everything. So if you would like to figure out how to do that for yourself, go on over to my website, amandahess.ca. Go ahead and book a strategy session with me. It's an hour-long call. I think it's 45 minutes now. I think I pared it down. It's 45 minutes. And we get on a call on Zoom. We talk about what's going on with you. We see where the disconnect is. I help you find where the holes are. And then I show you how we change that for you in a way that feels peaceful and calm. And it is going to be the thing that changes everything in your life. Okay, my friend, that is what I've got for you today. I will see you here next time. Have a beautiful week. Bye. Hey, I am so glad that you are here. Are we friends on Instagram? Make sure you come find me at Fuck Your Disorder. And if you love this podcast, can you please do me a favor and leave me a rating and review? Every single one helps this podcast reach more women just like you. 